Hey, this is Rachel True, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Is about uh, turkey, and it's a turkey that's. That, it's first of all, it's a turkey that's flying past a bunch of a, 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 a big group of other animals, um, and he sees them, and he and he lands, and he walks over, and, and there's this giant door, um, and it's got this massive lock on it, and all these animals keep trying to open it, and they and they can't quite figure out. Like the snake slithers up to it and it tries to call, crawl inside, but he can't quite get the lock, the mechanism to work. And like the ro- the lion walks up to it and roars, but it, nothing happens. And, you know, and this goes on for a while and the turkey steps forward and it realizes that it's, it, it, it has found its true purpose because this is, he, <laughs> this is a turdor with a turlock and he is the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> it is one of my favorite things on the entirety of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the puns. They're just the best. They're so the best. Noble, too. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. The, the turkey's actually flying a plane. <laughs> flying through the air, bird pondered his place in the world. And then the next panel is just it sitting in, inside of a fucking plane. Oh, the things you walk into. Uh, you get it on the phone. So wonderful. Hey, buddy. You're 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 joining us on, on the road, huh? Yeah, Mandy's friend had her thirtieth birthday party, uh, and it took me like two hours to get from the city to here. So I'm like already running late. You know how it is when there's a group of ladies at a party, and you're you're like pointing your watch and. <laughs> yes, you know, I do. But, but admittedly, Mandy was on the same page with me. Yeah. I think it was just some of these surrounding gaggle of ladies that were, were making it a little difficult. But It's understandable. The funny thing is, is like normally in a setting like that, I am those ladies. I'm the one that can't <laughs> shut up. So <laughs> It's like you can't go to the, the, the lady who's having her 30th birthday. I'm like, hey, thanks for the delicious food and everything. I got some '90s movies to talk about with my like goofy friends, so <laughs> that's obviously gonna take priority. So bye. If you knew the fucking movies we have to talk about, woman, yeah. like you would understand it. You would probably like you would probably give me your blessing to leave early. So, have you ever heard of Pulp Fiction? I rest my case. <laughs> Thank you. What we're gonna do, Steve, too, is we're actually gonna start because there was some fucking huge news that has like a ripple effect that's going all through all of the things that we love uh, in regards to the whole Sony Marvel uh, Spider-Man nonsense. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and then we're going to jump right into the 90s movies. So guys, it is another wonderful Friday evening here with all of my lovely and wonderful friends on GGR Pirate Radio. I've got, I would say the Fantastic Four of GGR Pirate Radio podcast. It's it's myself, Mike Lonsford. It's the co-founder and co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. It's Steve Monick. On location in Green Pittsburgh. There you are. (laughs) We've also got the third member of our co-host trifecta. His name is MC Brooks. A.K.A. Not Sue Storm. (laughs) Well, Rambo, I guess that makes you Sue Storm. (laughs) 
I'll take it. Yeah. I, I mean, she does have some pretty dope powers, so there oh, is yeah. that. And uh, if you if you have looked at uh, Philip Jean-Pierre, a uh, friend of GGR's Facebook page, you've seen the uh, the saltiness that is, uh, or no, I'm sorry, the thirstiness that is Namor trying to throw it at Sue Storm, because that has been chronicled greatly on his Facebook page in the last couple of days. <laughs> awesome. It was truly wonderful and marvelous, and I enjoyed every moment of it. But guys, we are talking 90s movies, but we're going to kick it off. We're going to talk a little bit about the ginormous news that just happened between Marvel and Sony. Uh, they are bickering. They're talking about a divorce. And in a divorce, really, who loses? And that's the children. Poor Tom Holland is, is going to be left alone by himself. And he's going to have to split Christmases between Sony and Marvel. And it's just an absolute mess. But we're going to be talking about that. And then we're going to jump right into the best movies of the 90s. And holy shit, we got a lot of those that we're going to be talking about. So stay tuned, because here comes another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. That's totally radical. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Start your computations for time warp. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn same. thing. So you just put him in the morgue. You goddamn right. It's called Pirate Radio. What we do, it is useless, useless. Don't let yourself be destroyed as only one did. $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. This is called Pirate Radio. Paying heels. Chicks dig stars. Glory. Last forever. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Poorly Clover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, son. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lunsford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, thank you, all of you, listeners, readers of all of our content on our website. Thank you so much for joining us for this, but also for going to the website. That website is greatgeekrefuge.com, as I'm sure you are aware. But we appreciate your patronage to our wonderful little website. We have a fantastic episode this evening. We are going to be talking about the recent news of the Marvel-Sony Spider-Man breakup. Hopefully it's just a temporary thing. Hopefully it's a Ross and Rachel thing. They're just on a break and they're working things out. But we'll see. But we're going to talk about that. And to talk about that, I have... 
who three people who I would consider experts in this field when it comes to these. If I have questions about this sort of thing, if I need more information about it, I'm going to turn to these guys because not only are they three of my best friends, they're also three of the most well-rounded, like in the know when it comes to this sort of stuff. Those three people are the co-host of GGR Pirate Radio and the co-founder of The Great Geek Refuge. His name is Steve Monick. To prove I'm an expert, Spider-Man has a hyphen in it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he's, a, he's not a Spider-Man. <laughs> Phil his, Spider-Man. His name, his name isn't Phil Spider-Man. There's no gold man. <laughs> gold man. <laughs> he's a Spider-Man. We've also got the other, the third leg in our tripod of podcast greatness. His name is MC Brooks. I don't have to need the gear. It's okay. <laughs> and then we've also got comic expert, movie guru, and just all around awesome dude. His name is James Rambo. Oh man, I feel like there's so much pressure on me to know shit. <laughs> Did you guys know that they that spiders have eight legs? Huh? So I've huh? heard. So we've heard. Guys, let let's not beat around the bush, man. What the fuck happened? It's time for the geek sheets. Here's the big news this week in the geeky, nerdy world. That Marvel and Sony couldn't work this out because this this seemed like this was a win-win situation for all parties involved. Like, great movies were coming out. These movies were making an ass load of money. Everybody seemed like they were happy. MC, I know we've you and I have been talking about this. Kind of kick the get the ball rolling here man like what happened that this is now where it's at like how did we get here um in short basically disney is uh being a little bit greedy and they're they're asking to uh they're asking for something in order to reap even more money from sony and uh well sony pretty much wasn't having it um it, it it is really complicated. There's a lot of a lot of information out there, and it's kind of really hard to figure out which which stuff is true and which part isn't. Because you know, from one news site you hear, you know, Disney wanted fifty fifty split profits from the films. The the you know then there's people denouncing that, saying Disney only wanted thirty percent, but they also wanted Kevin Feige to to get a producer to to. Uh, to be rightfully compensated when he ghost produces. Because uh, uh, I think a, a fact that a lot of people don't really know is that Kevin Feige actually has been helping Sony behind the scenes on all of their Spider-Man properties. He helped out with the Venom film and also helped out with Spider-Verse, but he didn't receive any producer credits for those. And so from Marvel's perspective, they're like, you know, hey, we're not going to... Kevin doesn't have time to come help you all with your franchises if you're not going to pay him any money for it. So I don't want to I don't really necessarily want to say that Disney's greedy. I understand where you're coming from with this, but I can kind of understand they want the, they want their dude getting paid. And yeah. it, it's we you know, of course, it's easy for us, the fans to be like, oh, well, why can't they just work this out? But it's it is a think about it like this like if you're working a job and you're getting paid to do your job you're getting paid pretty well to do it but then somebody else is like oh hey by the way can you stay after work for a few hours and help me out with this thing it would really really do me a favor and you're like yeah all right i guess i can do that and you do it one day and then one day becomes you know a week and then a week becomes a month and 
there does come a point where you kind of have to draw the line and be like, listen, I'm cool doing this, but like you need to pay me for this. And to think that the other person, the other party who's like asking for your help would be like, oh, well, then fuck it. I'm not paying you for this. It does just seem kind of messed up. And that's I mean, that's just my take on it. But again, that's also a very simplistic look at something that's probably very complex. Uh, Rambo, what's your what's your take on all of this, man? I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for like blame on this, but like, do you think that this can be fixed or is this just like, fuck it? We had a good run with these Spider-Man movies that we got and that's it. And we're that's what we're going to have to deal with. Oh, this is def- this, this is definitely getting fixed. Um, both of them stand to lose too much money if, if they can't get their heads out of their asses. Um, but the, the Kevin Feige thing not with notwithstanding, um, I, I do think if they're like, I'm happy to place blame on Disney. Um, there's a lot of people online who are being very quick to, um, to point fingers at Sony, um, while dismissing the, giant monopoly that disney is building um it's it's fucking dangerous what disney's doing and a lot of nerds are very happy and content to to just sort of disregard it um because hey i get my x-men movie and a fantastic four movie mcu yay um yeah and it's it's it it belies a degree of immaturity from the audience that i'm not really surprised about so much as just sort of ashamed and sad about. Um, I think that, I mean, because like, like MT said, there's been a lot of reports back and forth. I've heard as high as like um, 50% is the, the call that, uh, that Disney is making for what they want. Um, and I think currently their deal is for something like 5% of first day gross. Um, so if the if the movie does really really well, um, you can you can make a, a hell of a lot of money all up at once. Um, and I've yeah. heard different people saying like, "Oh well, well Disney's one hundred percent responsible for the for the films." No, 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 no. Uh, Sony's one hundred percent responsible for the films. And neither of those things make yeah. any sense to me. Um, so yeah, I I I. I if I'm gonna place blame, like I know you, I, you know you're gonna ask me for that, uh, but I would absolutely put it on on Disney's uh, shoulders. Um, yeah. That said, like, yeah. th- go ahead, MC. No, I was gonna say the 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 uh, the only thing I want to add into is that Disney uh, also make they keep 100 percent of the merchandising stuff. So yes. all the all oh. the spider, so all of the you know shirts and and Spider Man stuff you see in stores, like they keep all of that money. Yeah. Sony is only getting um, money from the movie uh, or the movies. Um, and um, even that is, I mean, that, like that's a lot of money, but it's still, you know, it's not that much when compared to um, overall merchandising and what their deal could be. Um, and like my, my limited understanding of this whole situation has been that Sony was content to just maintain the contract they had, um, and, and Disney is like, nope, we're renegotiating, uh, and we're going to get a much larger piece of this pie. Um, so I mean, like on the one hand, I can't fault the corporation for wanting to make more money. It's literally their only purpose. Um, but at the same time, there's just an, a degree of, of like absurd obnoxiousness about this whole t- situation. Um, and honestly, I think the end result for all of this ultimately is going to be 
Disney buying the Sony Pictures division of Sony Entertainment or of Sony um, and going from there. It's just a matter of time. There was there was a report a couple of years back about how Sony as a company doesn't really want to be making like movies and, and video games and things anymore. They, they just want to focus on manufacturing. Um, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they were ultimately interested in just selling that off. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, what's your what's your take on all of this stuff, man? Like, I know you're a huge Spider-Man fan, but also, too, you're also a guy who is pretty in tune with, like, the kind of inner workings and the business side of these uh, giant movie corporations. Like, what what is your take on all of this? Yeah, like, the analogy that I have, because I always, in my brain, try to analogize things to make them simpler for everybody to understand, and this, like, like you said, can be complicated. The way I've kind of, like... All right, back in the 90s, these two, you know, Spider-Man and, and Marvel were dating and they broke up and Sony has has Spider-Man now. And Disney came around and said like, "Hey, I, I can we get back together? I really miss our relationship. I'd like to get back together." And Sony's like, "All right, we'll we'll try this, but, you know, it's not going to be the same it was. There's going to be some rules." And then, you know, they were having a good time. Disney was getting Sony into some really cool weddings and parties and stuff that it couldn't get into by itself. <laughs> Um, and then Disney's like, Hey, you know what? If we're going to keep dating, you're going to need to like do my laundry. You're going to need to start cooking me dinner. Um, I'm going to have a little other, some other errands that I'm going to need you to do. If you want to keep getting into these parties and you're like, Whoa, Whoa, you broke up with me this whole time ago. Um, so Disney really doesn't have a leg to stand on from like the legal sense other than what Rambo mentioned is just outright purchasing the company. You know, if you just purchase it, you get everything that they own, just like we saw with Fox. That's, at this point, the only way I see them ever getting Spider-Man back. It's too valuable of a property. I mean, what is it like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man? Like, those are the big three as far, and whoever has them is not letting them go unless they get taken over. Um, and, you know, reading what I've read, there's some debate as to how well the Disney Fox purchase, you know, that whole process went. Uh, it wasn't the smoothest thing in the world. And I don't know if Disney is really like ready and raring to do something like that over again. Obviously, it wouldn't be as big of a deal as it was with Fox, because like you said, Sony's looking to unload this kind of avenue of their business, the whole making media, and they want to make more goods than anything. But yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't see where Disney has a leg to stand on. When it comes to business, I don't know if it's really like, oh, one's right and one's wrong, because both of them are just trying to make more money. Um, you know, Sony thinks they can make more money doing it on their own at this point than the deal that Disney was offering. And I don't know if that's any more like moral or someone has a high, high ground or whatever, so to speak, because at the end of the day, that's both of the company's ends is what's the best way to make the most money. Yeah. Yep. And that's, and, yeah, go ahead, MC. And well, and, and it's interesting too, because we're seeing, uh, in the fallout since that Disney is kind of weaponizing the fans. Because all the fans are, are siding are siding with Disney simply because, you know, just speaking as a fan, Sony doesn't seem capable of making a good superhero film. Like, I mean, like critics were, you know, had a lot of negative things to say about Venom. I haven't seen Venom, but there was a lot of negative things said about Venom despite the fact that it made a billion dollars. You know, the, the, the only reason Marvel kind of swooped in uh, to make this deal for Spider-Man was because Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man Two, was the one of the lowest-grossing superhero films ever. And yeah, so, 
wiped out based on when it was released. It had yeah. no direct competition. It was kind of a like a little more horrorish. Released in October, close to Halloween. Um, they, I think they kind of stumbled into a hit, and that's emboldened them to think like, well, that. And then Into the Spider Verse was just a masterpiece, regardless yeah, of right. who did it. So I think they're thinking like, hey, we got all these hit. We know what we're doing now. And you're right. Everyone's already forgotten about Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And, like, the funny thing about it is, is, like, you want to talk about, like, a tale of two movies. Venom, critically panned. Like, I'll, I'll just uh, overall, not, I mean, like, the fan response was pretty good. But, like, made, made a shitload of money. Spider-Verse, critically acclaimed. Probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Didn't do that well at all. It did not make that much money. Which is a damn shame because that was a masterpiece. That is probably one of the best superhero movies i've seen period like bar none like i would easily put that in my top five it's like when people see a black and white movie some people just when they see it's animated they're like nah, not gonna go see it there's yeah. just yep. something where it's an that... instant turn off for them yep and, and wasn't it in competition with uh wreck it ralph 2 that that um... it was because jacks and i chose to go see wreck it ralph 2 in the yeah. theaters instead of going to see spider-verse yeah Good call. So, so that that probably had a lot to do with it too like Parents opting to, if we're going to go to the movies, you're going to get one of these. You're not going to see both. And Wrecker Ralph was already was was banking off the strength of the first one. Yeah. It would be very interesting if the dynamic was flipped, where say Sony was making the really high quality Spider-Man film, like it's more artistic, has better things to say with the the plot and the story. You know, it's really well acted and stuff. And then Disney's the one that's kind of being like just money hungry and saying like, well, we got this MCU. Why don't you plug your cool little artsy Spider-Man into the thing we're doing? Um, and they're trying to come at it money-wise to see how the fans would react in that scenario. Yeah. But because the MCU is such a juggernaut and they know that Kevin Feige and Disney is the, the helm of that, they're just seeing Sony as a kid that's like, well, if you're not going to pass me the ball, I'm just going to take my ball and go home. You know, and, they, and just not playing with disney and i don't know if that's necessarily accurate yeah i don't that's the thing is i don't think any yeah. of us really know for sure like it's yeah we're i mean it's all speculative yeah. like there's there's no way for any of us to know exactly what's going on and i don't think any of us ever will know for sure because they'll never tell us they'll never right. tell us the whole story and then also too it's going to be biased one way or the other so it's just right. kind of like a, it's kind of a mess either way so exactly Unless disney wants to do <laughs> that happened, as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that that uh, the the quote from the from the from the hacks uh, from the from uh, Sony's chairman is making the rounds on social media today, where he basically said out loud, "Oh yeah, you know, we basically made this deal with Marvel because they know what they're doing." So, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <sighs> what a mess. Um, I mean, I think we need to wait for more information. We got we got to figure out like, God, I hope this isn't the end of it, because I've really enjoyed both uh, Homecoming and Far From Home. Far From Home was immaculate. Like it was such a good film. And Jake Gyllenhaal was an amazing Mysterio. I love the concept of these are all the people that Tony Stark pissed off by being a grandstanding like douche, you know, like these are all yeah. the people behind the scenes that made him look awesome and he didn't give credit to any of them. So it like, it kind of humanizes him in a way because he's not just this like amazing, you know, unflappable hero who saved the world. Cause he is, that's what he did. Yeah. But at the same time, they're like, Hey, let's, let's just remember that he was kind of a pompous prick and he pissed off a lot of people along the way, uh, in doing what he did. 
and coming and coming out of that film, they managed to also establish Spider-Man as his own person. And yeah. They got him out from under the shadow of Tony Stark, which you know a lot a, a lot of fans were were kind of angry about that. That's the route that they decided to take with Spider-Man um, in the MCU, which which is dumb because like I. I thought it was wonderful. I, I liked the way that they they went full circle with it, where Spider Man becomes he became the new Tony Stark essentially. Because when he's on that jet, when he's on that jet with Happy Hogan, and he's sitting there and he's making his spider suit, and they're playing ACDC. And what did what did fucking what did Parker say? What did he say? Oh, I love Led Zeppelin. Like that was absolutely hilarious. But also like, yeah, you saw that it, he was the new. He was the new Iron Man, and it was just it was it was an awesome full circle story that that ended the. I mean, essentially, it tied up the 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 was it Phase Four or was it Phase Three? Phase Three, three phase, phase Three. Yeah, we're going phase, into Phase Four. Yeah, yeah. And um, well, and and the interesting thing too is even with even if Sony main t- like even if they like don't work something out, uh, Sony is keeping both Holland and the director. Yeah. Uh, the director from the Spider-Man films on through uh, Spider-Man three and what I think a lot of, a lot of people are assuming is going to be a, a Venom crossover since yeah. you know they they you know before when they were still on good terms both Sony and Marvel said that they'd be open you know they'd be open to doing something like that with Sony just having the rights now with Sony just having the rights now now I mean they can they can easily fast track that especially if they're going to be doing this thing where they're producing Spider-Man films every 2 years and fucking like it's it's so goddamn strange um and the 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 one potential benefit of this kind of thing is if it does go back exclusively to Sony um whatever Venom plans they have they can move up so much faster yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because that was going to be the, the big hiccup is is no matter what Sony wanted to do, MCU there was going to be a third MCU movie before they even started working on a Venom Spider-Man crossover. Right. Um, See, so yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be fucking wild. But, uh, but now they could they could even go down the route of, of doing um, uh, doing a rated R film with Venom, Spider-Man and Carnage. Yeah. Yeah, which like I have lots of feelings about that, um, but uh, <laughs> it's it, essentially yeah. gonna yeah, it's essentially gonna change the whole dynamic of the way Spider Man works, um, because well, both Spider Man and Venom because they created the characters in their own vacuum, like the Tom Holland Spider Man is, is not there, there was no symbiote, the, the Tom Hall or the um, crap what's the other Tom, um, that's Venom Hardy uh, Hardy thank you Tom Hardy. It, it didn't bond with Spider-Man first. So are they going to do that in reverse where it's like the symbiote's like, Ooh, what's this thing? Like the best explanation I heard for it was, um, Spider-Man shows up. Um, the symbiote basically gets super into Spider-Man and prefers to be, to be with Spider-Man. You just, you basically do a love triangle, um, between uh, the three of them. Yeah. Um, and this pisses off Eddie who Venom is then further attracted to and comes back to him. And now you have angry, violent Eddie. Um, so it be, it, and it just sort of like amps up the, the, the actual threat level because that, yeah. that was the exact problem I was, I was trying to figure out myself was, well, Venom in this movie's the hero. 
So, I mean, he's like an antihero, but he's still the good guy. Um, how do you balance that with, uh, um, a, you know, like a straight up hero in Spider-Man as well? Yeah. And, well, I mean, uh, I, th- I think the answer to that, though, is, is he's the antihero. So he's therefore the hero of the story. But when you introduce Spider-Man, who is a hero, he automatically the becomes the becomes villain. villain. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think that you could even play with that a little bit, too, because you can play up the whole, like, the symbiote. Maybe it, it, it um, spawns, you know, and then, like, it, the one of its spawns bonds with Peter. And he's, like, kind of jealous. He's like, what the hell, you know, and the, the symbiote's like, oh, we like this thing because it's got these cool radioactive spider powers. And it becomes a back and forth where it's like the hero becomes the villain because... Tom Holland now is like indulging these dark urges that the venom suit is essentially like, or the symbiote suit is basically trying to like get out of him. He kind of goes back to being the hero. I mean, you have like, you could have a really interesting flip flop with that where you're really going back and forth where it's like, this thing is evil, but Tom Hardy's kind of like, well, I've got this under control. Don't worry about it. You know, I know how to handle this thing. And because the symbiote is like, so the symbiote essentially becomes the villain. Yeah. And you realize that he's like, he's almost, it's almost like a Darth Vader slash the dark side slash the emperor slash Luke Skywalker thing where it's like the good guy become, or the bad guy becomes the good guy and really realizing how evil he's become sort of thing. Yeah, no, that could work. Are yeah. you saying that was Tom Holland who would do that or it was Tom Hardy? Which yeah, Tom? That, how many, too many Toms. Eddie Brock, basically <laughs> Venom would be okay. like. I've got this under control and I'm a hero using this thing. You don't understand how it works, kid. I don't want you to become tainted by the dark side and essentially turns against the venom suit. But like, it's, it, it, is there a precedent for that? Have we seen that in the comic books before or? Hmm. For wait, I'm sorry. One more time. Have we, have we ever seen Eddie Brock basically like, cause didn't he become a different version of venom where it was like agent venom? Well, that was that well, so was Agent, um, that was Flash, there, Flash Thompson. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're talking yeah. about Eddie Brock. I was just thinking Venom in general, because there's yeah, definitely there's, I mean, Venom there's been, like good guys. There's been lots of people to wear the symbiote, and it's like the the three of the spring to monitors are Eddie Brock, Flash Thompson, um, and then during Dark Reign, Matt Gargan, the Scorpion, was wearing them. Um, Could you do an anti Venom? I mean that that all actually exists. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, the white one with the black spider. Yeah. But I'm saying like if you're trying to do like a, we need a venom. We need some kind of symbiote bad guy, but we still want Eddie Brock as some kind of symbiote. You could maybe go that route. Yeah, and what did like did wasn't Eddie Brock anti venom? I honestly don't know. It was if one I'm remembering correctly, he was. Yeah. It says yeah. the 2000 the 2008 storyline New Ways to Die features the first appearance of Anti Venom. Eddie Brock gets a job at a soup kitchen under Martin Lee. Brock is unknowingly cured of his cancer by Lee, who possesses the Light Force abilities, and Brock believes it to be a miracle. After Brock is attacked by Mac Gargan, who is the current Venom, the symbiote attempts to reunite with Brock. Brock's skin becomes caustic to the symbiote, and he is enveloped in a new white symbiote uh, forged from the antibodies produced by the white blood cells in order to fight the remnants of the Venom symbiote in his body, charged with light, Lee's light force energy, becoming anti-Venom. Eddie later sacrifices his anti-Venom symbiote to cure people from the spider virus during the Spider Island event. So, there you go. And you know, that's interesting, because you could... visit. I mean, because I was... Uh, while you guys were talking, I was actually trying to figure out... Well, because Venom, if I remember takes place in san francisco so you'd have to one figure out 
how they're even going to cross paths for in the first place. Yeah, with, with Spider with uh with uh Peter being in New York, and him uh him being uh all the way in San Fran. Yeah. So I mean, it could it could be some. It could I mean that you could. I mean they, they I mean they're because they're at least going to do Venom two before we even get to you know this crossover that they're going to do. So perhaps something at the end of Venom two could set up for Eddie to decide to head east, which is where he would eventually cross paths with Peter in in the, uh, the next film. I mean, or, if we're making if we're making bets, I mean, it's gonna the movie's probably gonna be called Venom Two: Maximum Carnage, and maybe he's chasing Cletus Cassidy across the country. Yeah, that would yeah. be I mean, dope, it, though. Yeah, it would be a perfect way to have it be. You know, like you could do the like a, a straight up serial killer story with Carnage, um, where he's just bouncing around and and, and just ends up in. Uh, I mean, shit, you could do like a road trip story where it's <laughs> yeah. it's. They, they meet up. Spider-Man's trying to get him as the hero. Eddie's trying to pretend like he's chasing the story as the reporter, but really he knows he's responsible as Venom for Carnage's creation in the first place. Yeah, yeah. and you can have it. You can have it go a couple. One of a couple ways where it's Carnage just is just going around doing you know like just random murders, and, and he ends up in New York. Or conversely, um, he has a very particular target in Spider-Man. And because so he saw that fucking New- he, he saw that he video saw the at the fucking, end exactly yep. yes there, oh yeah boom yeah. well so now now of course that only works if this is still in an mcu story is that how that works because i thought that see i don't understand how this works like well, does that mean i mean sony there's no sony can't use those stories that happen no, in spider-man movies no it, no sony can't use any reference to anything that happened in the mcu and Marvel can't, uh, well, after Marvel, at least now, can't make any reference to uh, Spider-Man or any of the events that he was that he was involved in. So, none so, of their big reveal. Endgame, Infinity War, we just can't talk about these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they happened. There was just no, there was just no yeah. Spider Boy in the middle of it. Can they call him Night Monkey the whole time? And <laughs> <laughs> or you could make reference to like you know, like just the kid. Yeah. Because like there's there's ways there's definitely storytelling ways around yeah. it. As long kinda, as you don't use those proper names um yeah, or, or images. Yeah, kinda like how uh in um I don't I don't remember if it was Jessica Jones or which which of which of the, the Netflix shows, but they referenced the events of Age of Ultron as the event. Oh, uh Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, the, there you the go. incident. Yeah. The incident. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what they could do? And it, it, it it's a very easy out is Peter Parker gets accepted to Golden Gate University. Yep. And he's in San Francisco for a minimum of four years. You know what I mean? Like, it's, there you go. That's, that seems like an easy out there. Um, God, this is a fun topic. Like, I love when we get to do this. Uh, so this is like an, an unexpected version of, of a one-shot one story of the Geek Sheets. So you're welcome. <laughs> Hi, it's Wes Johnson and John St. John, and we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Thank you for listening to the Geek Sheets on GGR Pirate Radio. 
Make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for more of our podcasts and all of our great articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>